All right, now get your Bible. Also, yeah, I don't want to forget my sister upstairs uh, for the second Sunday in a row. We thank God for them. One of our ushers, Brother Anthony Graham. Amen. And his lovely wife. Let's give them a big hand up there. Amen. This is the second, second week that they're able to come and be upstairs uh, in our services. So we're, we're so grateful. We are just so grateful. Brother and Sister Graham, we love y'all. Thank you so very much. All right. Now, let's get into the Word, because that's what it's all about. Amen. All right. Now, we are talking about uh, the Apostles' Ministry. Now, that's what we own right now. Say that with me. The Apostles' Ministry. Now, we have already talked about in our storehouse, we got Paul's ministry. Paul's ministry, number one, was open the eyes. So, open the Gentile eyes. That's the first thing he had to do. Open the Gentile eyes. All right, the second thing he had to do was how did God open your eyes? That's what we talked about. You got to know that. God opened your eyes. How do you know it? Let's go look at that in Acts chapter 16, verse 11 through 14. Headed to my message. Acts chapter 16 and verse 11. From the book of Acts chapter 16, there was a woman that Paul met. God opened her eyes. So we talk about opening eyes. We not everything Jesus did was a type and a shadow. So everything he did. So we know what Jesus did. Jesus did something by opening the eyes of a physical man in John chapter nine. So that was a type and a shadow of what Paul ministry would be like. Paul ministry. He had to open up the heart. You see. So that's why the Bible called the heart the eye. The eye, the heart is the eye. So when God opened up your eyes, he opened up your heart. That's spiritually. You can't receive the word if your heart never been opened. All right, Acts chapter 16, and we're going to look at verse number 14 uh, and through, through verse number 16. Verse 11, I'm sorry, verse 11. Therefore, loosened from Troas, we're going to come to this camera, I'm sorry. Therefore, loosened from Troas, we came to a straight course of Samuel Trosia, and the next day to Neapolis, and from thence to Philippi, which is called a city of the part of Macedonia, and a colony, and we were in the city abiding certain day. Now this is Paul. Paul said, on the Sabbath, we went out of the city and sat by the riverside, where prayer was wont to be made. They were getting ready to pray. We sat down, Paul says, and we spake to the women which resorted thither. And a certain woman, wealthy woman, named Lydia, she was a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God. Watch this. She came to worship God. Number one, she heard us. See, that's how her heart was open. First, she heard us. And the Bible said, whose heart the Lord opened. So when you hear the word of God, you want to make sure your heart's open. Because if your heart opened, God can't put nothing in it. Somebody else can find me another verse. It said, open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. See, God can't put the word in your heart until you open your heart to the word. As long as you sit there like I already know it, I already know what he's going to say, I already got it, I don't need that, forget it. You'll be there all day. That's how you flunk English and math and little to it. Because your heart was open. You got to open your heart. And you got to be taught the word of the living God. Somebody say amen. 
And that's what heart, the Bible said, and her heart the Lord had opened, and then she attended unto the things which were spoken of by the apostle Paul. And that's what happened when God opened your heart. You, he, now she listened to the man of God and his message. All right? Now, that's the, I gave you one scripture, so you're going to follow me. You got your little note. You'll put that one scripture there, and then you'll listen to the next one. And Some what? 81? Psalm 81, verse 10. Let's go there right quick before I get my message. Psalm 81, verse 10. I want to explode. Really, I do. I just want to explode. I got so much word in me, if it wasn't for the Holy Ghost, I would absolutely explode. Hallelujah. This is what I do. I preached yesterday, preached a funeral yesterday. Saw about eight people, nine people got up in the, at the funeral and received our Lord Jesus. Come on, we got to give him praise. Amen. Came right back here and stayed to, to I don't know how long, till I got done. Amen. And that's how you have to do. And got right back up in here this morning before 6.30. I got to have this stuff. I'm addicted. Can't you understand? Amen. I got to have it, man. Amen. That's what the Bible said. People had addicted themselves. And that's how you do when you get on this word. This word is addictive. I'm telling you right now, I'm a spiritual King James eating addict. Let you know right now. I eat that word from Genesis to Revelation. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost a teacher too. Didn't get no sleep last night. Usually on Saturday I don't. My wife will tell you, I got my phone right by the bed. I'm up here putting down what he told me. Last night he told me, put down, put down let him know if I'm all powerful, I'm omnipotent. If I'm all power, I'm omniscient. If I'm all power, I'm, I'm not present. I, I'm typing in my, put the phone down, try to get me. God says something else. That's how it is on Saturday night. But I love it. Because when God is talking, you can't hear the devil. I know what's going on. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, let's get into the word. Psalm 81. And verse number 10, right? It says, I'm looking at Psalm 80. Psalm 81, I'm going to it now. Psalm 81 and verse number 10 says, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. Now what's God talking about? Talk about your heart. And that's what God want to do. God want to fill your heart. But it's your responsibility to open your heart. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. What, a, what an awesome God. See, we're going we're gonna to see that uh, a full, the fulfillment of that is Ephesians 3.20. That's the fulfillment of that. Amen. Because that's how you're going to have to believe God. Let's go look at that. Ephesians 20, 3.20. When I say something, I just like to go on it. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 20. It says, now unto him. We're going to wait for that verse to get there. We start at verse 19 when you get there. Ephesians 3, 19, 20, and 21. It says, are you there? All right. And it says, and to know the love of Christ. And to know the love of Christ. See, that's why your heart got to be open because you want to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. That you may be filled 
with all the fullness of God. That's why you got to open your heart. You got to get the knowledge of the word. You got to be taught the word. To do that, you can't think you already know. Believe me, God blows my mind every day. And verse number 20, now unto him that's able to do. See, you got to take the limit off. He's able to do what's this exceeding, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, and it's according to the power which working in us. We have to open up our heart. Look at somebody say, open your heart. Right. Unto him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ throughout all ages, world without end. All right, now we, we're getting ready to start our message today because what we're talking about today is Christ is the mighty power of God. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1 is where we want to start. This is the message that Paul preached. He preached Christ. He preached Christ crucified. Christ is the mighty power of God. First Corinthians chapter one. First Corinthians chapter one and verse 17. That's where we're going to go. Going to come to your camera. First Corinthians 1 17. It said, for Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with the wisdom of word, lest the cross of Christ, because that's what he's going to be saved, should be made of none effect. If I baptize and tell people you have to be baptized, I make the cross of none effect. Paul said, you circumcise, Christ shall profit you nothing. And people don't realize you make void the word of God. What do you really believe? Do you believe you're saved by water baptized? So why do you need to preach the word? Or if you're saved by preaching Christ, why you need to baptize? Because that's confusing the people. Which one do I need for my salvation? Only one. You need Christ. You got to preach Christ. And then verse 18, Paul said, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but to us which are saved. It is the power of God. Preaching the cross is the power of God. Preaching Christ is the, is, is the power of God. All right, verse 23. I'm not going to be able to read all that. I do 23 and 24. Let's skip down there. But we preach Christ crucified. We preach Christ crucified. Unto the Jews a stumbling block. Unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greek, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. So when you got Christ in you, you got the power of God in you, and you got the wisdom of God in you. All right? That's why you got to learn how to worship him. Now, to worship God, you worship God in the spirit. You worship God in spirit, with your spirit, your soul. That's how you worship God. When you believe the word, when you hear the word of God and believe it, you're worshiping him. That's why you got to get that together. You got to know what you're doing. God the spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So when the word of God, the truth is being ministered and you believe in the truth and you hear in the truth, you're worshiping God. That's worshiping God. All right, don't, don't take all this other stuff you're here for worship because that's not worship. You worship with your soul, with your heart. All right, all right. Now, so when you're in the house of the Lord and your mind is not on the word, not hearing the word, not believing the word, you're not worshiping. All right, that's how you worship God. Now, what I want to do today, I gave you any more scriptures out there before I go? All right, so we're talking about Christ is God's mighty power. 
I gave you the first tape this morning. Christ is God's mighty power. I gave you three words because I want to show you, I want to show you Christ. I want to show you why Paul preached Christ. Now I gave you this already because in the, in the gospel of the kingdom, the name Jesus is the power. Hear me real good. In the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. The power of his kingdom is Jesus. Jesus is not the revealed word. Christ is. So I got, so you want to put down 2 Corinthians 5, 16? I'm not going to be able to go that right now because I want to show you some other things. I'm going to go to that, but I want to show you some things so you can understand what I'm saying. I told you this morning, Acts 2, 36. God has made that same Jesus whom they crucified, both Lord and Christ. So he's not Jesus now. He's Lord and Christ. Let me say it again. God made Jesus Lord and Christ. What did he do? He turned the water into wine. Let me put it another way. God had two sons. So that's why you have to know what the word says. That's why God gave you Abraham. Abraham had a natural son and a spiritual son. Isaac had two sons, a natural son and a spiritual son. Isaac, Jacob, had two sons, a natural son and a spiritual son. So you have to understand that's what God did because he had two sons. Jesus was his natural son. Now, my wife gave me a scripture this morning. We didn't get to it. The child, Jesus. Matthew 118. That's where we're going to go. So we have to understand there's a natural son. There's a spiritual son. You're not saved because you believe in your faith in the natural son. Your faith must be in the spiritual son, which is Christ. Now, before I go there, let me go to... Let me do my uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 16. 2 Corinthians 5, 16. Just one verse. Now, you got to hear me real good. And like I said before, I'm not here to put down Jesus. I'm just making sure Christ is exalted. You understand that? So, if you, I'm not here to put down Jesus. Jesus is Christ's earthly name. All right. Remember, Jesus is the Father's name that God gave him in the earth. His name now is Christ. All right. Now watch this. In 1 Corinthians, did I give you 1 Corinthians? I'm sorry. 2 Corinthians 5.16. Thank you. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5.16. See, I'm not going by, by what I think. I'm going by what this word says. Watch this here. In 2 Corinthians 5 and verse number 16. I want to wait till you get there. It says, wherefore, read it with me. Wherefore, henceforth, henceforth means from now on. Knowing no man after flesh. From now on. See, once you got to grace, you can't be Gentiles no more. You can't be Jews no more. Once I got in Christ, I'm not Earl the Duke no more. 
That's who I was before I got in Christ. Why? Because verse 17 said, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's what? He's a new creature, a new creation. And God's new creation is spiritual. It's heavenly, not earthly. Are you listening to me? All right, now watch what it said in verse 15. Wherefore, know we no man after the flesh. Though we had known Christ after the flesh. Who was Christ in the flesh? It's not hard. No, you don't want to say it, but his name was Jesus. When you knew Christ after the flesh, his name was Jesus. Jesus was, was God in the flesh. That's why we had John 1, 14. The word was made flesh. Christ put on flesh. God had two sons. A natural son called Jesus and he took the natural son and made him the spiritual son called Christ. And all the inheritance went to the spiritual son, Christ. Watch this. 2 Corinthians 5, 16, once again, wherefore, henceforth, from now on, know we no man after the flesh, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, wherefore, if any man be in Christ, see, you don't, you don't, you're not natural anymore in the flesh. So if you're still trying to worship Jesus, you're trying to worship in the flesh. This is why people are waiting. Guess who they're waiting to come back? Jesus, the Son of Man. You go back and look at anything when you talk about his second coming, it'll be Jesus, the Son of Man. Because they're going to be able to see him. Christ, you can't see Christ. That's why you have to have faith to worship. You can't worship God. You got to worship God in spirit and in truth. You can't worship him in the natural. But that's what people are telling you. You've been lied to. They waited for Jesus to return. I'll go and show you a few in a moment. You shall see the Son of Man. You, shall, you can only see the Son of Man. You can't see the Son of God. Inside of you right now is Christ, the Son of God. You can't see Christ, the Son of God, because he's in you. People want to see. They want to see him. That's Old Testament. You got to go all the way back to the Old Testament to see Jesus. Sir, we will see Jesus. When they came to Jesus Christ and told Jesus Christ, Sir, I will see Jesus in John chapter 13, Jesus said, I got to go to the cross right now. You go back and look at it. John chapter 13, we go there also. Sirs, found that verse, we will see Jesus. That's what the Greek says. So when they came to see Jesus, Jesus said, Hey, I got to get out of here. I got to die and be buried and raised again from the dead because I don't want nobody coming to see Jesus. I want them to see Christ. Because the only thing he would, could do was heal the sick. Every time he healed somebody, you know what he told them? Tell no man I've done this. He didn't come to make himself known. He came for they would know the Father. Jesus, the Son of Man, is a child, somebody find that, of the Holy Ghost. But once he's Christ, he is now the Father. He is the embodiment of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. He is the express image of the entire Godhead bodily. So you got to understand, that's why he told him in Matthew 28 and 18, he says, all power has been given to me, watch this, in heaven and in earth. Heaven and earth mean in the invisible realm, 
in the visible realm. He had all power. So you got you to see him differently. This is what changes your life. Because if you see him as a man, he can't really help you. But if you can see him as God, he's everywhere at the same time. If you can see him as God, he's all powerful. You can see him as God, he's all knowing. You can see him as God, he is everywhere at the same time. See, how do you see him? Because if you see him as Jesus, he's limited. He can only be in Nazareth or Bethlehem. You go back and look at the Bible. He could not be everywhere at the same time until he rose from the dead. Until he rose from the dead, he could not walk through the wall. Once he rose from the dead, when his disciples shut up, you go there. He walked through the wall and said, peace be unto you. Why? Because he's Christ now, the Lord. I'm just trying to tell you what the word says. You believe the truth. This is what's going to help you out. This is what's going to deliver you the truth. The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. I thank God God helped me to see this thing. Christ is called the word of God. Now, where am I going here? I just done 2 Corinthians 5, 16, 17. John 12, 21. Let's go there. The Gospel of St. John, chapter 12, and verse 21. John chapter 12, verse 21. So start verse 20, honey. It says verse 20, John 12, 20, waiting on the screen. John chapter 12, verse 20. And there were certain Greeks. I said chapter 13. Thank you for straightening me out. John chapter 12, verse 20. And there were certain Greeks among them that came to worship at the feet. They came to worship. He already told them that you worship God. But he came to worship. He wanted to worship Jesus. And he was not going to have it. They came to worship. And the Bible said, the same came therefore to Philip, which was a bestiary of Galilee and desired him, said, Sir, we will see Jesus. That's who we want to see. Watch what Jesus is going to say. It's time for me to leave here. If people come to see me, they don't see the Father. I did not come for you to see me. I come for you to see the Father. My God Almighty. You got to understand what he's saying. Watch this. The certain they came to Jesus and said to Philip and said, Sir, we want to see Jesus. Philip come to tell Andrew, and Andrew went and told Philip to tell Jesus. And Jesus answered them, saying, Watch what he's going to answer. The hour has come. <laughs> I got to go. When man come to see me, I got to go. The hour has come that the Son of Man, the Son of Man should be glorified. How many know what glorified means? Time for death, bed, and resurrection. Because I don't want them to see Jesus. I want them to see the Father. So once he was raised from the dead, he is the Christ. Now he is the Father. He is the Son and the Holy Ghost in one person. Who are you looking for? Verily I say to you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it's going to bite alone. But if it die, it's going to bring forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it. He that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, well, where are you, Jesus, in the Father? Where I am, there shall my servant be. If any man serve me, if see, serve me, him will my Father honor. 
So you serve the Lord, the Father's honor you. Now is my soul trouble. Now all the man said I want to do is see Jesus. But he's not coming for people to see him. Now is my soul trouble. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. For this hour came I into the world. Father, glorify thy son. Glorify thy name. Watch what he's going to say. How did the father glorify his name? He turned the water into wine. Watch this. Glorify that. Then come there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people therefore stood by and heard it, said, it thundered. Yeah, that's what happened when the father speak. Others said, an angel talking to him. Jesus said to him, this voice came not because of me, but for your sake. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. What's he going to talk about? And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he says, signify what death he shall die. When they came and looked for Jesus, he said, it's time for me to leave. When people start seeing you, it's time for you to go home. The people answered, we have heard out of the law that Christ abided forever. They did, Isaiah 40 and verse 8. And how saith thou the Son of Man abideth if the Son of Man be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? <laughs> Jesus is going to go right to the word light. Watch this. Then said Jesus to them, yet a little while is the light. See, he's talking about Christ. That's who the light is. Is the light with you? Walk while you have the light. Lest darkness come upon you. And he that walketh in darkness, knoweth not whither he goeth. While we have the light. See, he went from, they come and looking for Jesus. He said, listen, you, you're not, you don't want to see Jesus. You want to see the light. That's Christ. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may be the children of light. These things spake Jesus and departed and did hide himself from them. He didn't want them to see him. He came that you might see the Father. Get the Lord a big hand. Now, okay, we had a verse called, we had a verse. Is that Matthew 1.18? Yeah, the child of the Holy Ghost. Watch this. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. So you got to understand the difference in Jesus and Christ. See, Jesus is God's son, but it's God's son in the flesh. Christ is God's son. Jesus is son of man. Born of a woman. Christ has no father, no mother. Oh my God almighty. Woo, we're getting, we getting, getting some deep up in here. We, I'm going to have to go show you that now. We go to Isaiah 9 and 6 after this. Watch this. Matthew chapter number 1. And verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When his mother... I'm going to show you the difference in Jesus and Christ. When his mother was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. See that word child? That word child means a children. That's a child, a child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put away privately. But... He thought on these things. Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared in, in, in a, to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thy son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. 
For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say amen. Jesus was the child of the Holy Ghost. Next verse says, and she shall bring forth a firstborn son, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. That's Mary's son. You don't hear what I'm saying. I said Mary's son. That's why it's called Mary's son. That's why you have a different in religion tradition of men, because they worship Jesus. They don't worship Christ. You got to hear what I'm saying. Their churches only talk about Jesus. And they got statues when you go in the building. Son of David. I mean, son of Joseph. The little boy. That's Jesus. But we don't worship Jesus. We worship Christ. See, you still think I'm trying to put Jesus down. No, 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 no. Jesus is God child. God child. But he's a man. Christ is God's son. So you got to understand, there were two births. Jesus was birthed, but Christ also is called the firstborn from the dead. The first begotten of every creature. So which one you, which one is first in your life? Watch what it says. She shall bring forth a son, thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall save his people from their sins. So you got to understand something. There's Jesus and then there's Christ. That's what we want to show you. Anything else out there? Because I'm moving. Isaiah chapter 9. Let's go there. In the book of Isaiah chapter 9. So you got to be able to see both. If you need the water to take that pill with, I got a whole glass right here. Hallelujah. Because that's what I'm giving you, the word. Isaiah chapter 9. And verse 6. Here it is. Marking your Bible. I'm preaching Bible. For unto us a child is born. Child. Unto us a son is given. The child Jesus was born, but God gave his son. So which one you believing in? See, the Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's not Jesus. You was not saved by the blood of Jesus. You were saved by the blood of Christ. Christ died for your sin. His blood washed your sins away. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And watch what he's going to say about the son. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called, here it is, wonderful, counselor, watch it, the mighty God. I said Christ is God's mighty power. He's called the mighty God. He's called the everlasting father. He's called the prince of peace. When they killed Jesus, Peter told him, you have killed the prince of life. And the Bible said, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David, upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth forever and ever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. That's why he's called Lord. Somebody said hallelujah. hallelujah. All right. So that's how you got to know.
That's how you got to know. Let's go to Ephesians 1, 19. Anything else out there? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. I'm just getting ready to go to work. Ephesians chapter 1. This is the question Paul asked the church. What is his mighty power? My God. Ephesians chapter 1. And verse 19. Paul asked three questions by the Holy Ghost. Verse 18. He said, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know. Three things. Number one, what is the hope of his calling? We got that in the storehouse on DVD, CDs. What is the hope of his calling? What is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? What is it? Anybody know what it is? That's what Paul said. Verse 19. What is the exceeding greatness of his power? Ooh, you ought to know that by now. To us what who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. What is God's mighty power? That's my message. Gotta know who it is. God's mighty power is in you. So you gotta understand something. God's power in you because he's in you because he saved your soul from hell. But God left the power right in the house. What's in your house? What is the seed the greatest of his power to us but who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, set him in his own right hand in the heavenly places. Who is his mighty power? It's the Holy Ghost. It's the Christ in me. See, once Christ come inside of you, he is called the Holy Ghost. People don't know him as the Holy Ghost. Find that from your wife. Christ in the Holy Ghost is the same person. So when you went to John chapter 14, 15, 16, Jesus says, we will come to you. We will abide in you. Who is in you? The Holy Ghost. That's who Christ is. Christ is the Godhead bodily. He is the Father. He is the Son. He is the Holy Ghost. Let me put it another way because you may not be even understanding me. He is the Father when he needs to be. He is the Son when you want him to be. He is the Holy Ghost when you can't do nothing to help yourself. You ought to give him praise in this house. He is unlimited power. He is omnipotent. He is omniscient. He is omnipresent. He is the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost in one person. And God put him inside of you. Got to know what he does. He works out all things after the counsel of his own will. He doesn't ask you about nothing. He operates by his own will. So when you put the word of God in here, he works by his own will. Now to him who's able to do exceeding abundant above all we can ask the thing according to the power that working in you. You just got to begin to put your faith in the Christ that's in you. I'm telling you how to survive. I see, I'm telling you how to survive. Just got to know how to survive. Hallelujah. That's been a little change in the message. Somebody said, go to 1 Thessalonians 2.13. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. Hallelujah to Jesus. 1 Thessalonians. Chapter 2, verse 13. I'm not trying to put down Jesus. I just want to make sure Christ is exalted in this house. 
He's both Lord and Christ. He's the same one that talked to Moses. Told Moses, surely I'll be with you. Hallelujah. We're going down to talk to Pharaoh. He can't see me, he'll see you. Just take a rod in your hand and I'll just be the rod. That's just who I'll be. I'll be the rod. Whatever you want, use the rod. That'll be me. You want to open up the Red Sea, use the rod. If you want to do something, just use the rod. You're going to turn it into blood, stick the rod in it and I'll do it. See, you got to know all this was, was, was Christ. He's called the rod of God. Everything is about him. He's the word of God. That's what I'm going to show you right now. You just got to know who he is. You got to know who you're messing with here. You mess with all this kind of power, you about to know what you're doing. Somebody say amen. And this is what happens when things get wrong with people. They don't think God can help them. If you realize that he's the power of God and God put the power right inside of you, then he can destroy that sickness. He can destroy that disease. He can destroy that pain. He can heal that body because he's the power of God. He's living inside of you. You don't have to walk all around Nazareth to find Jesus to touch you. You've got Christ inside of you. All you need to do is get by yourself and say, Lord, here I am. I'm telling you how this thing works. People don't get nothing because they don't want to expect nothing. And to expect nothing, you got to get in a place where you're in the privacy. You need some privacy. You need to tell somebody, I need some privacy. Sometimes you, sometime you don't need no company. You need privacy. You need to get alone, get alone. That's why they had songs like Steal Away, Steal Away. You need God to do something in your life. You need some privacy. Somebody say hallelujah. I'm, I'm going I'm to go down this road. I wasn't going down this road, but I'm going down this road for you. Tell, some, tell somebody he's my hiding place. Go to Psalm, go to Psalm 32. Go to Psalm 32. Tell somebody he's my hiding place. That's why the devil can't get to my soul. That's why the devil can't touch my soul. Because God has put me in Christ. And Christ is my hiding place. Psalm 32, verse 6 through 8. Got to keep up with me back there. Going to have to keep up with me. I'm going to be moving. Psalm 32, and verse 6 through 8. For this shall every one that is godly pray unto thee in the time when thou may be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh me. When there are great waters, we're talking about storms of life raging. We're talking about the enemy walking the camp. They shall not come by me. Why? Because thou art my hiding place. You got to understand, David was talking about it because the enemy was trying to find him. Saul had lunched out a campaign. Whoever find David, I will give you my daughter. I'll give you half my kingdom. Find David. 
but they couldn't find him because God had put him in a hiding place. So you don't understand that's a devil, the thief walking the earth trying to find my soul. But I ain't worried about it because I'm in Christ. The Bible said, Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. You don't understand how God walks around you while you sleep at night singing, singing, my beloved, my beloved. Angels are encamped round about you. They can never leave you alone. You are an heir of God. You are joined heir with Jesus Christ. You will never see the president's daughter by himself. You will never see the president by himself because he's always got somebody there. How much more are you? Man, I was sitting in my office the other day, and I'm telling you, I just knew he came through the door. I stopped and said, you at the door yesterday. I said, anybody at that door? And the Lord said, boy, you know we always here. You up here asking if anybody at the door. You already know you at the door. You get in a quiet place, in a hiding place, and you get in the presence of the Lord, you will hear them moving around you. You will hear the Lord moving around you. You will hear angels all around you. They're everywhere. You can't get away from them. You that dwell in the secret place of the Most High. You have to know where you live at. We'll go there next Psalms 91. He says in verse 7, Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. And then this is what the Holy Ghost told David. I will instruct thee. I will teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide you with my own eyes. Now what is God doing? Because he knew the enemy was watching, looking for him. And David didn't want him to walk into an ambush. God said, I'm going to show you which way to go. You got to be able to read the story of David. My wife not understand this because we, we are students of the word. I'm not saying nobody else here. I know she knows what I'm finna say. But there's a time, there's a man in the Bible, when they came to ask Doeg, isn't it? They came to ask David, they came to ask Doeg, uh, we looking for David. Saul people came and said, uh, we looking for David. And one of David's men said, I know Do Doeg saw him. He's going to tell it. Saul came and killed him. Looking for David. Anybody who would not tell him what David was, if they knew it, and then tell him, he would kill him. See, they were all, always, always on David's trail. His whole ministry. They wanted David bad because he was an heir. They wanted David because he was an heir. See, you don't understand. Let, 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 me show, let me show you something. Let me show you something first of all. We're going to show you this same thing. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. But I want to show, show them something because they're an heir. See, they don't understand why they want to kill Christ. Anybody know? Look at Matthew 21, 33. See, you don't know. You don't know. I'm going to go back to the hiding place, but you better understand. That's why if you're going to be an heir, and I always like to run your mouth. I'm an heir of God. I'm going to join that with Jesus Christ. He'll be like, huh? Oh, that's one of them there? You got to understand, to be an heir, that means you got somebody else's inheritance. Oh, hallelujah. See, that's just like, just, just like the, uh, Jacob running around telling everybody in Laban how, oh, yeah, I'm an heir. I got the inheritance. 
After a while, Esau was coming. Who Esau looking for? Who Esau looking for? See, y'all don't know the story. That's why y'all can't say nothing. He didn't have but one brother. That was Jacob. Jacob got his inheritance. So when he started telling people, that I'm the heir, I got the inheritance. Esau said, wait, wait, is that Laban hop? So you got to understand, that's why you got to have a hiding place. Because you, you, got, you got the inheritance. You don't supposed to have the inheritance. God gave you the blessings. See, you don't understand. See, that's why people, they don't, they don't understand. They don't know who they are. But I'm going to keep preaching. You're going to find out in this house. Hallelujah. Let's go to Matthew 21, 33. You ought to be there by now. We come in this camera. In the Gospel of Matthew, this is why they want to kill Christ. Matthew chapter 21 and verse 33. Jesus said, look, here another parable. Now he's talking to people who want to kill him. So this is another parable. There was a certain householder who was planting the vineyard and heads it about and dig the wine press and built the tower and let it out to husbandmen. And he went to a far country. Now these guys are hearing him because he's the one who did this. And they're the one who want to kill him and they, he tell them of a parable. And when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent a servant, a prophet, to the husbandman, saying that they might receive the fruit thereof. They sent prophets to Israel. And in verse 35, said, the husband took his servant and, bare, and beat one and killed another and stoned another. That's what they had done to the prophets. Again, he sent another servant, more than the first, and they did to him likewise. And that was John the Baptist. John the Baptist came. Killed him too. Then last of all, he sent unto them his son. Now that's who he is. And the Bible says, and he was saying, they're going to reverence my son. This is what the father said. Oh, they're going to respect my son. I'm going to send him my son. And the Bible said, but when the husband saw the son, they said among themselves, this is the act. See, like I told you. You walk around here talking about, I'm an heir of God. I'm a John heir with Jesus Christ. I'm an heir of God. And the devil is like, what do you say? You, you are what? That means you the one got, you the one got the blessings? You the one got the inheritance? So you got to understand, watch this. They are rebels, my son. But when the husband saw the son, they said among themselves, this is the heir. Come, let's kill him. Isn't that something? This is the heir. Come, let's kill him. Why do they want to kill him? Let us seize on his inheritance. See, see the thing about it right now, I'm saying this to you in case this happened. I'm not telling you to play numbers. I'm not telling you to play the lottery. Listen, you're real good. I'm not telling you to play the numbers. I'm not telling you to play the lottery. But if you happen to have and you won a hundred million dollars. Keep your mouth shut. Amen. See, the first thing people want to do is put it on Facebook. I guarantee you the first thing. I just won a hundred million last night. Listen, stop telling all your business. I'm trying to tell you right now. Because the first thing people are going to say is, hundred million, huh? Matter of fact, they live right next door. <laughs> I give them about three days to get that money. And then I pay them a visit. Why? You just told the devil what you got. You got to understand something. You're an heir. 
And you got to understand, you got to walk the life, live the life. You don't have to run your mouth. You don't go to Facebook and tell nobody I got a million dollars. Understand? Okay. All right. Praise the Lord. All right. Matthew chapter, some of y'all mad. I, okay, go on Facebook and tell them. It's okay. Now y'all going to be mad because I told you not to tell them. Trump told me I don't to tell nobody when I got on it. Okay. See, people don't understand. Soon God blesses them, the first thing they do is go on Facebook and say, man, look, 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 look what I have. Don't you know the whole world looking at you? Let me move on. Watch what it says. This is the heir. Come, let's kill him. Let's seize on his inheritance. And they caught him. This was Christ. That's what they did to him. They caught him, cast him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Now he said, now when the Lord therefore the vineyard coming, what are they going to do to these murderers? They call them husbands. What are they going to do to these murderers? And that's why they killed, killed him. They said, they'll say he would uh, miserably destroy these wicked men, wicked men and will let his vineyard out to others. That's us. Other husband, which shall rented him the fruit there. And that's who we are. Now, you have to understand you're an heir of God. See, I'm an heir of God. I'm a heir of Jesus Christ. Yeah. All right. Now, let me, let me take you somewhere first. The word of God, I'm going to give you this. I was going to go to the hiding place, but I'm not going to be able to. That's going to be something by itself. The word of God. Look at 1 Thessalonians 2.13. Let me give you about four scriptures right quick. Luke, I mean, uh, 1 Thessalonians 2.13. In, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, you have to receive the word of God. My wife always used this scripture because... You got to receive the word of God, not as the word of men. That you got to understand. That's what I'm trying to get you to understand. If you still seeing man, you, you're not receiving the word of God. See, if it's the word of God, it's you got to see Christ. Christ is the word of God. First Corinthians, First Thessalonians 2:13 said, "For this cause also thank we God without ceasing when you receive the word of God." So when you receive the word of God, that's Christ. You receive. You re, uh, that you receive of us, you receive it not as the word of men. See, but as it in truth, the word of God and the word of God effected it, worketh also in them that believe. That's Christ. Christ worketh in you that believe. That's what you got to understand. That go with Philippians. Let me show you that same thing in Philippians. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12. See, the, the Christ worketh in you. So you got to understand, your job is to believe. But you got to believe it's the word of God. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my present only, but also in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God, now he tell you. See, the word of God is God, is Christ. It's God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So you got to understand, when God is working in you, that's Christ working in you. Somebody say amen. amen. See, I can show you this on and on and on. I got other places, but I, I got to go. Uh, Paul said in Colossians 1, I'll show you that one. Go to Colossians chapter 1, and we look at the last verse. Watch what Paul says. So you want God to work in you, God's going to work in you if you believe the word. What Believe what? Believe Christ 
is Lord. Believe he's Christ. Believe he's the word of God. Believe he's the Christ. Believe he's God. Wherefore I also labor striving according to his working, which he, according to his working, his, his working, his working, who his, Christ, which worketh in me mightily. Christ works in me mightily. So, but you got to believe he's Christ. All right, let's, let's look at another one. Ephesians 6, 17. What is the word of God called? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. See, so you got to know what the word of God is called. Ephesians chapter 6, verse, this is why so many people can't get nothing done. They don't reverence the word of God in their life. They don't know the word of God is Christ himself. And take the helmet of salvation. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. What is the word of God? It's the sword of the spirit. What's the word of God? It's the sword of the spirit. Your Holy Spirit has a sword. I'm going to show you what it does. And take the word of God. The word of God is called the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now let's go to Hebrew chapter number four. What is the word of God called? The sword of the spirit. Look at Hebrew chapter four. That's what the word of God is called, the sword of the spirit. What is the word of God doing in your life? Hebrew chapter 4 and verse 12. We're waiting on right now. Hebrew chapter 4 and 12. For the word of God is quick. Now how many know the word quick means? The word of God is alive, powerful, sharper than what? Any two-edged sword. What is the word of God doing in your life? Piercing, even the dividing of some of your soul and spirit, joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I'm going to read that same verse. Hebrew 4.12, out of the NLT. You got to know what the word of God doing in your life. You got to know what Christ doing in your life. It's all the stuff, the junk that comes in, the, in, in there, he's in your house serving you. Hallelujah. Hebrew chapter number 4 and verse number 12. That's why I'm so grateful that God gave me the word of God. You got to be thankful, but you got to know the word of God is Christ. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 12. For the word of God is alive. I'm reading out the NLT. The word of God is alive. The word of God is powerful. Christ is alive in you. Christ is powerful in you. Christ is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. So you don't have to be worried about nobody. You got Christ in you. Cutting between the soul and the spirit. God's word in you is operating your life, cutting between the soul, the soul and the spirit, between joints and marrows. That's why I told people, when you got sickness and disease in your body, you need the word. The word will come in your heart and that word will cut the stuff out. The word will do surgery in you if you will let it. One of the greatest things, one of the greatest things I say to people is when they sit up in the hospital, they got on a stupid television set that can't do nothing for you. You watch all my children, another world, days of my life. You, you need to shut that thing, that thing down and put the word on so the word of God can operate in your life. You ain't got no time to sit and watch no television. The word of God. 
See, we underestimate the Word of God. The Word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Cutting between the soul and the spirit. Take the, between the joints and the marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. It works all in the soul of man. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. The word of God will take that stuff out of you. But we don't believe the word of God can do it. The word of God is almighty and all powerful. The word of God created you. Don't you know he's your creator? You were created by the word of God. All things were made by him and all things were made for him. Trust the, trust the word. When Moses came out of Egypt, he told Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 8, he said, man shall not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth forth out of the mouth of God shall man live. You got to be able to understand that. This is what you got to get done. You got to make sure. Luke chapter 8, verse 11, one verse. Say, the seed is the word of God. How are you going to get something done and won't even minister the word? When you got something wrong, you need the word. Luke 8, 11, you can put it on the screen. Chapter 8, verse 11. The seed is the word of God. God does nothing without a seed. Put the word on it. Minister that word. And let the word heal your body. Cleanse your body. Destroy the sickness and disease out of your body. So we don't think God, we don't think God can heal cancer in this, this, this day and age. But I'm telling you today that our God who we serve is called the almighty God. He is all powerful. But you're going to have to trust God. You're going to have to get the word in you and trust God and walk that word and, and keep believing that word, keep trusting that word, keep telling God what his word says. I'm telling you, man, I have to live this way. I have to live this way. But I stand here in the midst of God's people and I say the word works. All he needed somebody who will put confidence in his word and who got a big mouth and don't mind by telling somebody that the word works. Now we're going to close right there. Get on your feet. We're going to close right there. Tell somebody the word works. The Bible said God working in you both the will and the do of his good pleasure. The word works. Even while you sleep at night, the word is working. We got all this social media where we can put the word on and it'll run 24 hours. All this social media, you can put a Bible on, any verse you want to, and it'll be on repeat. It'll run all night while you sleep. And we sitting up here watching all my children, another world, General Hospital, and everybody else who can't help us. Amen. You go to bed at night, put the word on. If you got any sickness and disease in your body, I'm, I'm giving you help and counsel. I'm telling you what I do. You got any sickness, disease, and pain, and grief, and sorrow, and all this stuff, when you go to bed at night, put the word on. You, you don't have to hear it or your spirit hears it. You can cut it down kind of low. Cut down kind of low. You'll be sleeping right there. Hearing that word. 
what the word is working. You got to make sure you have Christ in you now. Got to make sure. First Corinthians, let's go here. First Corinthians chapter 15. This is how Paul got us saved. Moreover, brothers, I declare to you, first Corinthians 15 and 1, the gospel which I preach unto you, which also you have received and where you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and that he was buried, and that God, and he arose again the third day according to the scripture. That's God's power. Christ's death and burial and resurrection is his finished work. That's his power. So when you come out here and begin to trust in the power of God, trust in his Christ and what his Christ has done, God will manifest his healing in your body. He'll manifest your deliverance. He'll manifest anything in your life. But you're going to have to believe his word. Stop mixing it up with man's word. Get you some time. Set you some time with the Lord. You don't need to listen to him five minutes and listen to man five minutes. You got to take some time and just shut down, shut down what man's saying. I want to watch the, I want to watch the, my, my boys from Ann Arbor yesterday, but I couldn't watch them. I just put my video on. I got to get the word. Do you hear what I'm saying? When it's time to get the word, you got to get the word. You got to shut everything else down. See, we want, we want to be on the phone with the pastor praying and we got the TV on. Which one are you really listening to? Here I am, I need help from the Lord. The man of God called me to pray for me and I still got my TV on and I can't hear you for the television. Man, come on. We don't know who we're hearing. Shut that stuff down. When something wrong with me, I don't have time to no man. I need, I need a word. I need a word. I need a word. Come on, Captain Man. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.